Hey everybody, welcome to Valley Naval Gazing on 103.5 FM in New Haven or on valleyindy.org if you're listening to us uh, in podcast form on SoundCloud or iTunes. And hey, if you like the Valley Indy podcast and you're into iTunes, can you do us a favor and rate the podcast? Possibly uh, leave a review. Yeah, rate or write a review, man. Yeah, even if you don't like us, go there and uh, write a bad review. Anyway, uh, today is what? It's Thursday, July 21st as we record this. So if you're listening in New Haven on the radio station, it's going to sound a bit dated, but that's the way it is. Today our guest is J.R. Romano, the state chairman of the Connecticut Republican Party. We talked to him because uh, one of his friends had messaged us and said that Slate.com had picked Romano's uh, brief nomination speech for Donald Trump as uh, the best made, the best brag at this week's Republican uh, National Convention. Okay. Which I thought was a way to, where, how did he come up with it? What did he talk yeah, about? How was yeah. he inspired? So mm. uh, so anyway, and uh, you know, and I'll say in advance, if you're, if you're not a, uh, a Trump supporter, uh, you, you might want to tune out now because <laughs> he is a Trump supporter. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just warn you. Trigger warning. Mm. Uh, in any event, here is our interview with Derby Native Son, meaning he's from the city of Derby, the heart of our coverage area. J.R. Romano. I'm here with J.R. Well, I'm not here with, but on the phone is J.R. Romano, the head honcho of the Connecticut Republican <laughs> Party, and uh, for our purposes. A Valley Boy, a Valley Boy who's made good. Uh, he is. Uh, he introduced or he nominated uh, Donald Trump for the uh, Connecticut delegation this week yes. uh, in Cleveland. Is that accurate? That that is that is accurate. I I pledged the Connecticut delegation to Donald Trump. We actually, my little fun speech was rated the best of all the other states in the country by Slate Magazine. Uh, Jr. Why I do you got you, you, you're stealing you're stealing my thunder? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> you're spoiling. Uh, well, I mean, it's, Go it's ahead. probably the only time I'll ever agree with Slate, but but um, I was yeah. you know, that's just me. I was going to say those the you know your your those liberal bastards at uh, Slate.com. That must have been tough for you to deal with. No, listen. Even uh, a clock's once right a, uh, a broken clock is is once right a day <laughs> is right once a day. Wow. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm having trouble speaking too. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's understandable. It's been a busy week. But what happened? Like, yeah. we we linked to your speech. I saw on Facebook uh, on Tuesday that Linda McMahon had uh, posted, or at least on her Facebook account, posted that video. We put it on the Valley Indy Facebook page, and you know, we're a local, we're hyper local. We don't we 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 barely cover state politics. We don't cover national politics at all. Uh, but a, a lot of the comments were like, hey, this is a, a person born and raised in Derby with deep family roots in the Naugatuck Valley. You're related to everybody in Derby, literally. Well, I wouldn't go that far. But I mean, Derby's a big family anyway, just in general. So people, people were proud of it. Like even when your cousin yeah. James Muscolo got up there and said, I might not agree with his politics uh, word for word, but uh, you know, it's a proud moment for Derby. So what did it feel like? Let, let, let's uh, Before we talk about the Slate article... Just describe to me, if you can, what it was like to do that. Um, well, I have to tell you, it, it, the, the, the original one that I wrote, uh, it included uh, wiffle ball. Uh, but, but I didn't want to read it from a paper. So, and I started to get a little nervous because I knew 
that, um, you know, as my turn came and everyone was surrounding me, it was a little, you know, I was awestruck. And, and I do, I, I do value the fact that I come from this small town in Connecticut and, and I, and I'm so tied to, it's so part of who I am that the moment kind of like, I can't believe that I'm standing here. I'm standing with these people. I'm standing with ambassadors. I'm standing with Linda McMahon. And here I am, uh, you know, representing all these people. And it was truly an honor. And, and I, um, it was, I, I'm really grateful for, for having had the opportunity. And let me, let me just, uh, for our listeners, in case you missed it or didn't see it, uh, I'm going to play the audio right now. JR, I'm not 100% sure you'll be able to hear this. But in any event, I'm going to play. Okay. Here it is. It's about it's 35 seconds, and this is from Linda McMahon's uh, Facebook page, published on uh, Tuesday. Following down delegates, 28 Trump. Well, Mr. Chairman, I come from the land where we manufacture Pez, nuclear submarines, and the home the WWE, where men are men and the women are champions. The great state of Connecticut is casting all 28 delegates for the next president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. So that was that was you. You, you didn't sound nervous. Your your voice didn't crack at all. You sounded like uh, you were totally together there. But you, but on the inside, you were actually a nervous wreck. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of a, an interesting moment when you know I've had a couple friends who were in the arena who who like and I didn't even realize this when when that that big jumbotron you're up there and. Everyone's watching. It was it was surreal. And then, uh, what in, in case the audio was garbled there, what Jr. said was, and this is the quote, and this is from Slate.com, the article that Jr. mentioned at the top of this uh, interview, where uh, Connecticut, where we manufacture Pez nuclear submarines, and the home of the WWE, where men are men and the women are champions. And what Slate did, an intern, I think, guided by uh, the, an editor there, they ranked all fifty-six of sort of brags that were made from uh, the, the, the people given the, the, uh, the nominations there. There are 56 at all, uh, and JR's speech came in number one. He had the best brag. Now, you know, the other reporter here is Ethan Fry, a terrible, cynical person. And uh, one thing that he said right away was, hey, what about Pez? And you had mentioned Pez w- was, was going to be mentioned, but uh, w- what happened there again? Oh, no, it's Wiffle Ball. Oh, wiffle ball. I'm sorry. I, uh, the, let's the, edit that the original, out. The, yeah, the original line that I've written was, you know, we manufacture Pez, wiffle ball, nuclear stuff. Like it was meant to be funny and charming. And I, in the, I, in that moment, I, uh, you know, I just kind of flubbed the the wiffle ball. And and to everyone that in Shelton, Connecticut, I apologize if listening, but it was my intent to mention them. Um, right, and I you can't yeah, make I mean, every- you know Connecticut is is a unique and diverse. Uh, with our manufacturing and we have some some really hidden gems that most people don't realize are in the state uh what i do find in the, and and i know this isn't a you know it, it's just part of the, the game of politics the, the the connecticut democratic party started to take shots at me saying you know for for highlighting pez over other things and and you know me pez is a part of it, it's part of americana i mean this is a everyone knows pez i i even got on the colbert report because of it Oh no, kidding! And I I didn't know that the uh, the Democrats took a shot at you for that. Okay, yeah, I guess you can't make everybody. They're happy. like of all the things you could highlight, and it's like you get thirty seconds, man. Like, <laughs> um, but it's let, the nature of the game, you know. Let me ask you. I'm looking at this Slate.com article, uh, and uh, number fifty three of the sort of humble brags, Hawaii. All they said was 
Aloha from the great state of Hawaii? What happened there? No, no. There was – there was. I think the interns with some of those other numbers that they just didn't like the speech, um, they ed- kind of edited them. Okay. Like I know, in, for example, uh, I'm pretty good friends with the, with the chairman in Kansas, and his speech was a little longer than that. But I think they were just kind of, you know, highlighting what they thought was um, – I guess relevant. They they were some of them were a little longer than they said, but um, yeah. And and the, the 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 list is almost. I mean, it's it's infotainment. It's not really meant to uh, right. It, it, but but you know, hey, you know, Connecticut got ranked number one in something, which I, I guess I'll is take good. it. Right, I'll take it. Now uh, we had talked. We've been talking to Mayor Cassetti for about five minutes every day, and he's been giving us little updates on on what he's been experiencing uh, out there. And he had mentioned, was he the one that kind of said, "Hey, you got to mention WWE"? No, no. Okay, was it Linda I mean, McMahon? I, I, well, because Linda McMahon was sitting. I mean, she's in the delegation, so there's a there, you know the WWE is is in constant. He may have said it to me, and I said, "Oh no, I already I'm already doing it." Uh, but we all were thinking the same thing. And Mayor Cassetti's having a great time, and he's representing Antonia very well. Nice. And then uh, just to turn this, uh, since I, I've got you and, you and you're the uh, state GOP chair, uh, last night Ted Cruz booed. Were you uh, among the people booing him? Um, well, you know, I think, uh, I, I can't remember the reporter, but it basically referred to that speech as the longest suicide note in American history. Um, you know, one thing you can say about politics is, is you can't be cute about this stuff. Either you're, you're going to endorse or you're not. And by being cute, you upset everybody. And I think people who may have been with Senator Cruz, um, he may not be able to, he, he won't get that type of, uh, momentum, he had in this run because you don't do that. You, you know, it, 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 many of us feel as though he's putting himself ahead of ahead of the party. Um, and now, let me just ask you, that's just not a good thing. And you're a student of, of history. Was that the single uh, biggest uh, fu that's taken place at, at one of these conventions where someone gets I, up? They're, they're well, so orchestrated. Everyone, when everyone's living in the modern times, they always think that moment is the most, you know, oh, it's, I, listen, convention fights, are often you've had people storm out you've had um you know going way back and you know when we had fights over nominations it's just it gets forgotten i think in our digital age it's going to take a lot longer to forget but um i i, I wouldn't go on the record saying that, that that's the biggest one and then just i just have two more questions for you with, with uh cruz's performance last night paul ryan i think the night before uh, and again, if you're listening live on WNHH in uh, New Haven, this is a bit dated because we're, we recorded it uh, before the convention was over. But uh, does this bode well for Hillary Clinton, this uh, disharmony or? No, nope, because there's two things that I can tell you about what's going on, 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 on and how I see it. One is. Whether you like Trump or not, what Ted Cruz just did is unify the Republican Party because you don't do that. You unify the party behind Donald Trump as to say, you know what, he is the nominee. And quite frankly, even the people that are holding out in Ted Cruz, you know, the media is, drawn, is really, really focused on, on this, this, this group of, of people who cannot get over the fact that their candidate lost. It's only about 35 or 40 people out of thousands that are in the arena. Mm-hmm. that are trying to control and kind of really push an agenda. It's not as large as everyone is making it out to be. Um, and that's the whole point about like this argument over roll call and this, they never had the votes. No matter what, no matter, it, it would just, it, it would have just prolonged the convention for no reason. 
right? Okay. So there is no, this is not beneficial to Hillary Clinton uh, in any way. And on the flip side of this, Hillary Clinton has been a known entity for 30 years in politics. She's lied to us. She's manipulated the, the press. Um, you know, what I, what I had to laugh is, is that Democrats got more upset over 50 words in, in, a, in a convention speech than they did about 10,000 deleted emails. Mm-hmm. Um, none of those issues are going away for Hillary Clinton. Her opportunity to grow her, her or to win voters over, is, it, it just isn't as large as Donald Trump's. Donald Trump will bring in Republicans that may be uneasy. Donald Trump has the opportunity to bring in uh, independents that, as they hear more about him, they'll be more accepting of what he's going to try to do for the country, and that's make it great again. It's make it safe again. It's to make it work again because the Democrats have not been able to accomplish that under Dan Malloy. I mean, anyone listening to this that is struggling in Connecticut need to realize the policies that Hillary Clinton want to bring federally, Dan Malloy has done to Connecticut, and we all know the results of that. So th- that's why I don't think that, that any of this will have an impact. The media will try to say that it, that it will, but it won't. It, it won't. It won't benefit Hillary at all. Hey, what did you think? And and, and yeah, I said it would be my last question. But the fact, I mean, that whole uh, plagiarism thing. I, I personally thought, okay. I mean, if it was plagiarized, n- neither of those thoughts are that creative or or original. Uh, but then for for the Trump campaign to, to blame it on the media, and then like an hour later admit that, oh yeah, we lifted it. Uh, isn't that? Well, just... I don't think. Well, I don't necessarily. If, if you kind of not that they blamed it on the media, but but what they were basically saying is is like this is what you care about. Fifty words in a speech when none of you cared about the fact that Hillary Clinton lied to Congress, that she deleted these emails, that that hiding the servers in her basement was wrong. Mm-hmm. None of that was not a big deal, right? It's like oh, and and you get these arguments from the talking heads. And then you have a 24-hour news cycle over, over 50 words, which, by the way, Joe Biden in 1988 did, a, did things that were much worse than Melania uh, Trump's speech, much worse. You have, we have video of, of uh, Barack Obama listing um, <clears throat> uh, excerpts from other people's speeches. I mean it's, it's a known fact. Gotcha. So you know, the car, you know, it's like this – it's much to do about nothing because the Democrats cannot talk about anything – successful they can't point to anything that they've done successfully in the last eight years nothing all right my last question let's bring this back to you're a local guy uh local, yeah yeah right and, and I'm, I'm out of my element talking about uh, donald trump i'll admit that you want to talk <laughs> derby politics well all right then we can go back and forth but uh, i just want to know your parents when did you talk to your parents after uh you, you made the nomination did they watch it and uh, what'd they say they did. I, well, I, we, I, we've been in text communication uh, constantly. My mother wants constant updates about, you know, the safety and what's going on. Um, you know, so I remember, I think I was talking to, uh, uh, I don't know if he was a congressman from, or, or a senator from another state, but I go, hold on, it's my mother. And I, and I took the call and they all kind of chuckled. Hmm. I was like, yes, mom, I'm safe. Um, <clears throat> so, but, you know, my family is is really been really supportive uh you know when you're in politics it's it's tough because you know they struggle with with the knives and the arrows that are shot at you and the the personal attacks um and you know they're they they have to kind of take that brunt uh of that with me and and um it's not easy um so particularly particularly when people come after me that don't know me um Mm. and so i i just you know 
it's, I really appreciate all the, the, the patience they've had to, to allow me to do this. And, um, and JR, have you tried to get, uh, what's his name, Neil Vigdor thrown out of this convention yet, or are you guys all okay? No, no, I know. it's actually a really funny thing with, with Neil. I, you know, him and I have talked about it. Um, and, you know, and as I think, like any industry, there's always moments of uh, disagreement. Um, and it's, it's fine. We actually chuckle, you know, he's been, he's been covering the, the convention. Um, and it's, uh, it's been fun. We, we it's laugh fun. about it now. He, he always comes. He's like, can I come in this room? Is this okay? And I'm like, Neil, you know, I was like, nope, can't come in this one. Oh, I like that. It, it hasn't it's, died. It's All right, good. Then I, then I don't feel like I'm taking a cheap shot by, by bringing that up. That's no, good. No, I, and no, I saw, no, there was like a, there was like a picture on Twitter of you guys hanging out or something or, or at least posed, I think, or somewhere I saw it, but. But anyway, yeah, hey. it's it's it, 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 it's it's the nature that it's the nature of the beast. I mean, it's um, there's going to be moments of disagreement, and and Neil and I talked about wh- where we had our disagreement, and and um, you know, it just it, it is what it is. But I'm I'm adult enough to to have those conversations and be real about it. All right, Jr. That's it. We I, I said five minutes, and it's been sixteen. So I want to thank you uh, for That's taking right. time. That's all right. Yeah, I appreciate I it. I appreciate uh, it. Thank you. Good luck. Safe travels. Okay, so that was J.R. Romano. That was our unedited, unhinged, uninterrupted interview with Derby GOP, Derby GOP, Connecticut GOP state chairman uh, J.R. Romano, who was born and raised in Derby. Derby native, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got extensive, uh, a big family, still uh, local. And, you know, it's uh, he made a little history, you know, from the city of Derby, spoke in front of a billion people, nominated Donald J. Trump to be president of the United States. Full disclosure, I'm not going to vote for Donald mm. Trump. The man me makes either. me makes me uncomfortable. And uh, just in, in terms of transparency. Mm. Uh, so let's let let's let's go on. Let's talk about uh, the most read stories of the week. Even. Let's do that. Uh number 5. Magani floats redevelopment idea for Derby's Plaza on the Green. Ooh, let's talk. Let's take a minute <clears> to uh, to talk about yeah. that. That is uh, a Plaza on the Green, which I keep renaming Sterling Plaza for some reason. Okay, I, yeah. I don't know why I do that. Sort of across the street from the Opera House. The Opera House, right? Yeah, on right on the it's Court next House, yeah. next to the Derby Green. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're coming up, uh, you know, or you're going, it's on the south side of, of the Derby Green. Yeah, it yeah touches yeah. it. Uh, uh, Near the gazebo. Yeah, yeah, right behind the gazebo there is, uh, that's the shopping center. It's an old shopping center, 60 or 70s era, I don't know which. Uh, it obviously needs to be redeveloped, but uh, Joe Magani, architect with an office in Seymour, first came before the P&Z last year in Derby, wanted to put a 19-story structure there, which I think the consensus among the PNZ was that, PNZ was that that's way, way Mm-hmm. Way too large, and this up to this uh, point, it's all been informal. It's not like he handed yeah, in an official application. Yeah, if you want to hear about these things, you have to go to the meetings. I mm-hmm. wish Derby would uh, invest in a video camera and an internet, maybe a YouTube site. Yeah, yeah. And put yeah. these meetings so people could see them. Uh, you know, but that's the way it is. Uh, so yeah, he, he's going to appear. There's no formal application. He's sort of doing this back and forth. Well, what about this? Well, what if I do this and you know he's obviously going to uh, put something in, but uh, you know now it's eight stories. I think it was, and, and he was saying that you know a boutique hotel 
which I think is just a, I think it's a marketing term for like an independently owned mm. hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's what's that mean. That's what that means. And then uh, apartments. He wants millennial apartments. And we asked Mr. Magana to come on the show to talk about this further because it's definitely the the. I mean, it was the fifth most read. Uh, and we just we just recently posted it, right? And it it got a mm -hmm. ton of comments on our on our not a ton. It got about thirteen comments on our Facebook. Yeah, and page. I was surprised by how. Uh, not only the like the number of comments, but how um, I don't know if passionate's the right word, but it, it was like they were they were either for or against, but like very much like if if you know fifty million, he could build whatever he wants, or like this is going to be a this is going to ruin Derby, you know? Right, that seemed right. to be it's it's like you 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 couldn't be a yeah you couldn't be a, on the fence. It seems yeah, uh, it's a fascinating because you know you always hear just speaking in general. I mean, how many times do we hear transit oriented development and millennial mm. housing? And so, are those buzzwords that are being? I mean, are these places? You, could you argue that uh, uh, if you look at uh, this, should be the Derby can be the poster boy for tr uh, TOD mm -hmm. transportation oriented development where it is not working because we don't. I mean, if you look at the housing, we we haven't. It's yeah. not. It, and you, you know, like the the T in TOD is transit, and when it's three trains a day, yeah. like that doesn't really yeah the transit doesn't options, really help you. The transit options are like to call a cab, yeah. or get stuck on Route Eight, or yeah, the, yeah. you know wait two and a half hours for a train. That yeah. that'll you know you could walk faster basically. But, but there are efforts. There are efforts underway to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. improve all that. But sometimes when when uh, somebody throws out those buzzwords, you have to think, well, okay, you, I know that's something you say. And it is like you know, it's mostly in Shelton. Like you see these like massive apartment uh, developments built, but it you know people are leasing them. We're told so. Yeah. I mean they're they're going to keep getting built as long as people are as long as those developers are going to make a profit on. That's them. what Mr. Magani pointed to. And it's like yeah, it's like why can't you he said like local cross river it's not like it's a whole it's not a million miles away it's working right there. Why can't it work in Derby? But there's definitely some I think there's a, a feeling out there that you know it's the Derby green, you know, there's some history there. Uh, it's like hallowed ground sort of. Yeah, the, you know, but, I mean you go up past the Derby green and you know there's there's definitely I mean, you know, density is an issue. Uh, in Derby. Although and we should I, note it wasn't the original green in the city. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I think density is a problem. There, 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 there are too many people living on top of each other yeah. in parts of Derby. And, uh, you know... Another, like, valley-wide. Or, you know, Insonia and Derby, definitely. That's old a housing huge stock. huge problem, yeah. yeah. Big old houses that uh, became uh, you know, multi-family. You know, it's it, it's we not... Get, get so comments just time and time again. Comments on the site or on C-Click Fix about... You know when 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 all these houses were occupied by a single family and the the breadwinner walked to the factory two blocks away that was one thing and now there's three families living in all of yeah. them with you know eight yeah. cars jammed into the driveway and street parking and it's just you know but like you, you can't just level downtown you know it's it's a thorny problem right so to have to fix he uh, it looks like uh, Mr. Magani is going to try to have some type of formal application where this thing can be on the record and I mean not that it's completely off the record now but the formal application process will probably start I think he said September okay. uh, so they've been talking about this since August of 2015 and he's had conversations with uh, uh, the mayor's office to some uh, I think the mayor's representative so th mm -hmm. there's something uh, happening but here's like here's a clip of uh, Magani talking about uh, what he wants to do uh, and this was in response to one of the PNZ members who, who sort of said you know 
you're going to go eight stories, you know, right off the sidewalk. Can you, is there a way to maybe right. set it back? Or as it goes up, does it get set back? I think that was the, the line of questioning, but. It, it's an, it, it's the assumption and, and you could, you know, the presumption is that it's an urban context. In, in, in that, in cities you have, it's an urban design idea that you have a street edge and that the buildings align, which defines the sidewalk and the streetscape. So it's a rather formal element as opposed to an informal element. It's not a village. Uh, it, it, because of its size and its urban characteristics, it tends to design, uh, to, to uh, um, designate the downtown district so that you know you're in a downtown as opposed to being in uh, a streetcar suburb where there are sidewalks and porches and front lawns and gardens in the back. So our assumption, and we can be challenged on this, is that we want this project to be urban. We right. want it, you know, and in a way, a, a very uh, blatant way to state that is that, you know, it's like taking something that you might experience, say, in New Haven, in Knight Square, which is a dense urban revitalization initiative, about 12 years old. Uh, but we're trying to have an urban feeling as opposed to a suburban feeling. Okay, so that was Mr. Pagani describing his uh, project and I apologize if the audio wasn't great there. It was recorded on my, my iPhone. You're sitting in there. There's a lot of, a lot of background noise. But, uh, and Mr. Magani, he, he said he, he declined to come on here because basically he said it's too premature at this point. It's something mm. that's still, still being uh, worked out. But on the other hand, these are public discussions in a, in a public meeting space. So I don't think we're uh, you know, in error to, to sort of broadcast that. So anyway, that, that, is, uh, that was our fifth most read uh, story of the week. I just want to have a brief conversation about a major redevelopment uh, to a and potential, yeah, it's something potential. You'll, you'll no doubt be hearing about more, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, number four, big build underway at Ansonia Nature Center. That's something we've since published a couple follow-ups to. That's the Seymour-based basement systems. Uh, CEO Larry Janeski uh, and his company rebuilt the playground at the Ansonia Nature Center, which is now open for children to play at. And there is a, uh, there's supposed to be an official uh, ribbon cutting. Okay, yeah, uh, sometime in September. I believe I it's September. I okay. want to say, hold on, I'm going to bring up the story. I believe it is September 15th, according to an email from Allison uh, Rubelman. Okay. Uh, nope, I'm sorry, 10 a.m. Saturday, September 17th, at, as, at least as of, as of now. Okay. Uh, official ribbon cutting and, quote, family fun day, unquote. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Saturday, September 17th. All right, let's run through the others. I, I, we Number three, progress, perhaps, possibly, maybe at Tritown and Seymour. I like that headline. Yeah, that was because you wrote it. Uh, it was a good headline. Number two, first Walmart, now Adams to close in Derby. And number one, garbage company alleges dirty dealings. That's a story of out of Ansonia. Yeah, uh, I, I was the, amazed uh, that that was yeah, uh, me number too. one. And just backtracking to the second most read story of the week, Adam's closing, which we first reported uh, at some point. Um, late know, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Walmart's supposed to close by July 29th. Uh, this is on New Haven Avenue, Route 34 East in Derby. Uh, it's the city's major commercial hub, and the two anchor stores are both closing mm. the owner of the property has hasn't returned an email to us in, in years yeah I and, and, and never, it's interesting that we like we were just talking about the uh the magani uh it's not a proposal but you know the project uh, yeah, I idea guess, I, at, I, I don't know what to call in it. downtown 
because you know when we when you publish that Adam story like the big rumor going around unconfirmed uh, and the building official I think in Derby said you know there's no applications or anything but the big rumor is that oh they're going to put condos there which would be sort of like a, a different approach that would be like the suburban approach to contrast the 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 urban approach yeah and then we have people on our facebook they, page you know there's a lot of condos in derby already so yeah yeah uh, and i asked the mayor about that and she said there's no truth to that you know and unless it's out there uh somewhere you know uh i i would think and this is just based on our you know reporting in general about developments uh that type of uh of a uh, of shopping center is old you know where you have a thousand parking spaces, mm -hmm. you know, way off. That, yeah, that just whole, one yeah. huge building with like the different. Yeah, I would yeah, be, yeah. I would be surprised if it's if they, you know, go for condos. That would surprise me. Uh, what wouldn't surprise me as much is if they did a teardown or a partial teardown and did what they did uh, at the old Valley Bowl, because that's the new trend. Is you have these little, uh, you know, a few a few uh, shops instead of instead of a million. Okay. This is all right. So th th this, as you were saying, this what was I said? This <laughs> recording has been. Uh, this is this will be a disaster. Once I'll, we'll never be able to put this uh, podcast together. I'm just going to tell people that right now. Uh, so that was that the we just did the most read. Should we just close out mm. with uh, this day in history? Oh or? right, yeah, we could do this day in, or this week in history. These are from DerbyHistorical.org, compiled and collated uh, by the Derby Historical Society. I think Bob Novak. Uh, July 26th, 1907, the Four Paw and Cells Fire Circus arrives at the freight yard in Ansonia during a thunderstorm early in the morning. The first heavy circus wagon becomes stuck in the mud on Mill Street. The fire engines that are part of the circus had to take Clifton Avenue to get to Division Street, where the canal bridge was strengthened by an advance circus team prior to their arrival to bear the rate. Evidently, this was like an annual thing in, in the Valley, the Four Paw and Cells Circus. And there was another thing saying uh, crowds exceeding 10,000 people attending the shows. So wow. hi highlights of the shows include a quote-unquote automobile somersault. Rich DiCarlo, you got to get on this. I, this is a <laughs> I don't know what that involved in 1907. Rock but, the Valley, uh, bring this back. This is this is also this is considered a quote higher class than some of the other circuses that visited previously. That for means instance, less elephant poop. For instance, employees are forbidden to swear at any time around oh, the public. Ah, so the, the carnies had a uh, clean language, I guess, uh, back in the day. Uh, July 27, 1906. There are 18 to 20 soda fountains in Ansonia, which are cutting into the saloon business so much during this hot weather that some of the saloons are considering installing their own fountains. Interesting. Uh, July 27, 1910, Ansonia. Pre preliminary dissolution papers have been filed ending the Ansonia Hall Company, which ran the Ansonia Opera House from construction until now. And that's uh, that's the location, current location of Crave. Pretty much Ansonia right next Opera to us, House, too. Yeah. 28, 1909, in Ansonia, after a Main Street man gets a threatening letter reportedly by the Black Hand telling him to meet a gang at Lower Main Street location at midnight with a ransom, Police Chief Ellis tries to ambush the gang. What, alone? <laughs> Who's he, Clint he was, Eastwood from Unforgiven? He was not alone because oh. he was assisted by Derby Police Officer Urbano, and then in parentheses it says, probably because he is the only police officer in the valley who speaks Italian. Oh, okay. The two show up at the time and place the letter stated, but no one else shows up. Boo. 
So that was like the original SWAT before Reddit or, or, or whatever that four channel that dark web crap. <laughs> four channel is that yeah, what yeah. it is? Four channel. That that was it. And then uh, July 29, nineteen fifty eight. The new Maple Street Bridge is three months ahead of schedule in Ansonia, but it will not be ready in time to de- dedicate on the third anniversary of the flood of 55. I feel like we're coming close to repeating these because that now we've been on WNHH in, uh, in this new about form a year. for about a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Shelton, a special meeting of the Board of Aldermen authorizes the school building committee to take a 90-day option on 36 acres of land at the corner of Willoughby Road and Soundview Avenue. Hey, let's let's talk. Uh, all right, that done. We're done with that. Boom. Elizabeth what? Shelton School now. Beautiful. Let's talk our top tweets from uh, the week. This is like this new thing I'm bringing up. Uh, one. Let me just one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Oh, it almost it almost matches our most read stories. This is mm. kind of interesting. The number five was the big build underway at Sonia Nature Center. Number four, and here's why we don't just uh, we we got criticized a couple of weeks ago by someone from the Tronk Corporation uh, for... for <laughs> I'm never going to let it go. It was our least listened we, we to podcast. We talked about it on a, a well-listened to uh, no one li- Yeah, no one cares. No one wanted to hear me uh, complain. But anyway, we got criticized for sharing personal information on our Twitter feed. But here's our fourth most uh, popular tweet from the week. Random, random question. Is it just us, or are you seeing more and more flies in and around your home? And the answer was yes, and, we, and our intern did a story. We crowdsourced the story to use a buzzword in journalism. Uh, second most popular tweet was one from me. I strongly recommend Everybody Wants Some, the spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. Great movie. So is Green Room. High Rise? No. Mm. You watch Green. What do you think of Green Room? I thought, you know, I'm not a big, uh, is that technically a horror film? I don't, I don't know what the, like the genre. You know, that guy, I can't remember the writer director's name, but he sort of, he he had his movie before that was something called Blue Ruin. Mm -hmm. uh, And he strad, I don't know, his movies are not, it can't be classified. I like, I, I like, I'm not a typical horror fan, but like that, that that kept my attention there was only one point where i was just like ah there's like some I, gore in it i had to like look away for a second it's a, i mean it, it's but a it's movie. not like it's heinous tension. you know just, yeah 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 i don't know if it's a horror film but it definitely is uh, not a happy film mm. it's about and a punk in, rock band uh who does this gig for these neo-nazis because they need a couple of bucks to get home and uh they they find a body and they're holed up in this back room of this neo-nazi punk rock club and for 90 minutes patrick stewart uh plays against type as yeah. as the head of the uh the the nazi people and Good flick. Uh, also maybe from arrested development i can't pronounce that actress's name and uh, one of the uh, Peaky Blinders is also in it, if you're also a fan of that show. What is it, some, some British stuff? Uh, bring it's it Netflix. In the... uh, I think Netflix, yeah, it takes place in Britain. I just want to recommend uh, uh, Everybody Wants Some. If you like Daisy Confused from uh, back in the day, this is definitely, I mean, it's it's almost the same characters. It's about uh, the uh, college baseball team in Texas and the days leading up to uh, you know their, the start of their school year, uh, it's it's really good. Is it uh, as much about paddling as Dazed and Confused? It is, well, like, that's it the is, only thing that was sort of uncomfortable about Dazed and Confused. Well, is like the, the thing that comes like Richard a lot Linklater, of focus on paddling. Well, I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, did you have uh, like uh, hazing in your high school? No, I guess that I, I guess that had all been stamped out by the uh, yeah, 1996. I guess so. Yeah, because I I mean my uh, you know I graduated high school in '92, so I entered high school in '88. I mean, Days Confused took place in '76, but I had my older brothers who graduated high school in '80, uh, '81, 80, and '85, mm-hmm. and there was definitely still uh, like you know 
that uh, you know, so the, the guys that were seniors when I was a, when I was a freshman, they entered high school eighty three, eighty four, and there were like parts of the school you didn't go, you you get thrown in a, in a dumpster. There was all kind. It was terrifying, mm. and it was uh, anyway. So yeah, that was still happening. But I strongly recommend that. I saw Spotlight, the movie Spotlight. Finally, yeah, I gotta which, see that. Which is, uh, I mean, it's it was not it was not in terms best, of like where does the it best rank? Movie of last year, not. No like, way. are there any like sort of journalism movies that you like? I mean, is it? I think that's easily the best one. I mean, I, all the presidents men, mm. uh, but you better know, than the, the insider. Uh, you know, I you, I know you love the insider. I I saw it once. No, I mean the thing about Spotlight, it's a procedural. It, it's sort of uh, like a, uh, it's almost like an HBO movie. Like, I mean, the night of is now happening, mm-hmm. right? And that's just a procedural. It's like here's what happens when you get swept in up into the uh, modern criminal justice. Uh, system and spotlight is sort of like that i mean what i thought was lacking the i mean i heard it you know in journalism there it was hailed as the greatest journalism movie ever but the reporters are interchangeable there's Mm. not one fully fleshed out character in there it's great cast great performances but there's no i mean they're just there to advance the plot i was somewhat uh disappointed because it had been uh so hyped Mm. but yeah i don't even know if there's a great uh I mean, for me, the greatest journalism Not State movie. of Play with Robert No, Russell yeah, Crow. yeah, yeah. Or The Paper. Everyone you goes evil the, blogger. The Paper I saw with Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah, Sing and with Glenn him. Close. Where they, like, they're yeah, the that's not a good movie. <clears throat> that's a, that, the Ron Howard. Marissa Tomei, I think? Uh, and uh, yeah, Robert Duvall. Right, Robert well, Duvall. Yeah, I forgot yeah, yeah. about Robert Duvall. Glenn Close. The whole world's uh, in that Although movie. Although I, n- I never saw... I've n- I haven't seen Newsies. That's not really about journalism. It's about, like, you know, newspaper delivery yeah. people. I just, I mean, the greatest movie, I mean, I just always identified. You ever identified, see the front page? No, I never That's, did. I, I really I like I, that. I mean, I saw Switching Channels, the Christopher Reeve, Kathleen Turner remake with Burt Reynolds <laughs> at some point in the 80s. Not a good movie. I always thought The Wire was yeah, somewhat yeah. similar. Yeah, the fifth season of The Wire was. Not, not even, the, just the way that show dealt with people who did a job and, and dealt with institutions all the time. I always sort of identified, not that we're like uh, Baltimore police homicide detectives in <laughs> any shape, way, manner. But I, I don't know, just kind of the the the, the challenges and cynicism mm. you you deal with day in and, and, and day out, and doing, I, yeah, doing a job where like, you're like, does any of this matter? Is anybody even paying attention anymore? Sort of like the the fifth season got into it was more about like the Baltimore Sun, um, but that's one of like the few depictions of journalism in the era that like we've our careers have been in, where it's it's not not a great era for newspapers. Uh, right. Let's just say. Um, and they like that. That's portrayed pretty well in that. That sort of like this, just sort of low morale uh, environment. And anyway, the, the, then the, the the top tweet uh, was from July fifteenth, and again, it was the basement center's big build this weekend. That was our little advance, saying the big build was happening, and it's just a wonderful community story in Ansonia, where this twenty-five-year-old unique wooden playground had to be demolished because a child was seriously injured there took, mm. a, took a big splinter to the like the forearm or wrist or hand i, I can't remember all exactly. of the above yeah, yeah yeah it was uh and they and they had to get rid of it uh and that that 25 year old playground was built by the community you know it was mm-hmm. all mostly volunteer efforts and you had uh, it happened again history repeated itself in a great way in ansonia and kudos to larry janeski and basement systems incorporated up in seymour uh, for, for stepping up to the plate and congratulations to the Ansonia community and beyond. I can't wait to take my uh, two kids there uh, to enjoy it. So that was this has been our most disjointed uh, <laughs> podcast in history. I don't know if it'll ever make the air, but I'm Eugene Driscoll. 
I'm Ethan Fry. And we'll see you next week. Boom. Hey, let me buy you a pack of gum. I'll show you how to chew it. Ooh. <laughs>